Welcome to the Whole Church Podcast, your favorite church unity podcast, probably. If you want to hear from pastors, professors, and everything in between, right, sure. And, you know, the occasional train talk. Right, right, yeah. Uh, have we got the podcast for you? All right, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in. This is the Whole Church Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Knoll. I'm not important and not cool at all. Here is your director, your chief man, the guy in charge of literally everything. Me. Living in the planet. Tiberius Just me. One. Just TJ. TJ Blackburn. Tiberius One. The yeah. T stands for TJ. Stands for Tiberius One. Oh. Yeah. And we've also um, got the occasional ghost host, Aaron. Ghost host? Yeah, yeah. the occasional hey. guest host. Yeah, somebody. Hey. I'm she, Aaron. Oh, we, we got a whole round of announcements for all the introducing stuff. Um, but by the time this comes out, actually officially when this comes out, Aaron will be in charge of our parent site, Team Zao. I'm, I want to say stepping down, but that's wrong. I'm stepping up to director. Promoting himself to director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because he wants to be called a director. And promoting me to coordinator. It's, um, I realize I kind of lost vision for the website and a lot of our writings with that. I had a new idea, but I realized it's something that I need to submit to somebody else with new energy and kind of let them take the rings on this. And Aaron's been with us for a year, kind of devoted to the site. She's done a lot of great stuff for us, and I just think it's the right move to go. Prayed about it and talked to her, and she felt good about it, or she just said yes to be polite. One of the two. Probably. We'll find out later. Yeah. Stay tuned. (laughs) But yeah, she'll be stepping up to kind of take the rings more on the website. Um, What we're planning on doing with the site, and I plan on working with the state youth in South Carolina for Church God of Prophecy with this as kind of the first step. We want to open up the site for anyone to be able to write to it. So Billy in his youth class submits, let's say he just has a personal devotion he thought was cool. He writes it up, he submits it to his youth pastor, Bob. Youth pastor Bob looks at it, says, hey, look at these verses, sends it back to Billy. Billy sends it back to him. He would then send it to Aaron. We'll have our editors work on it. And by, by the time everything's happened and Billy's worked with it, he's had three different drafts. He's worked on it. It's his baby. And we're just going to be an outlet for all the Billys out there. And then, of course, we want to open it up eventually to, you know, women's ministry, men's ministries. And not just South Carolina, you know, North Carolina, Virginia, other countries. It's easy to do it on the website. Just drop box. Just do it like drop down and uh, click where you're at, what ministry you are. So, in North or South Carolina, Virginia. And other countries. <laughs> yeah. Only yeah. those three states, though. <laughs> if you're from North or South Dakota, please. Do not submit an article. Throw away your commission. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, anywhere in the world, you know, we, we want to be as big as we can. Because uh, the gospel is all about reaching the, all the world. And we talk a lot about the priesthood of all believers, not just on the site, but also on this podcast. It's something I'm very passionate about. And I think it's time that we do something to prove it's not just something we say, but it's something we believe. And uh, giving Billy's of the world the opportunity to write and have an outlet like this is one way we plan on showing that we really believe that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So since she'll be in charge, hopefully, eventually, we'll have the manager or no, what did I say the coordinator. We'll have the website coordinator for Teams Out on the podcast one day to talk about her team. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, we probably just interview you one day. Sounds good. Yeah. But today. We are interviewing uh, Lance Skipper, who I think has a couple of announcements that will be made approximately two days before this podcast is released. Yeah, it's going to be really dope. So, as basically when this comes out, uh, myself and Chris Galloway will be the co-youth uh, directors for South Carolina Co-Gob. And we have some really cool stuff, Holy Ghost Unity uh, to reach the billies <laughs> of the world. Um, that's the goal. That's my vision statement to find all the billies and lasso them to, uh, Holy Ghost Unity. <laughs> he is genius. He's currently making fun of my, uh, shorthand. My shorthand for the note for this podcast. One of the questions I just wrote, Holy Ghost Unity? Question mark? Yeah, right under the thing was like ham sandwich. <laughs> mm, yes. Yep. Almost. Uh, it says ham or turkey. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. It's important. I need to know now, actually. Well, I gotta feed all the billies. It's both. We gotta feed all the billies. <laughs> so whatever, whatever's available. Yeah. Whatever, whatever Billy wants. We're there for him. Yeah. So our, our goal 
and I think just talking to you, your goal too is basically just to enable the Billies, enable yes. the Aaron's, support them in any way we can to do ministry. Absolutely. And, you know, alongside with um, co uh, youth pastor in the state. I also pastor uh, Gloverville Church of God of Prophecy, which is a mm-hmm. really dope but crazy uh, church where guys give me swords for Father's Day presents, and I'm not even a father. So, <laughs> so yeah, we have a lot of cool stuff going on. They don't call you Father Skipper? No, oh. no. Wrong belief system. Oh, you're not Catholic? No. Oh, oh what? But they, <laughs> I, I have had a kid around camp calling me a priest. Can we call you Captain Skipper? Uh, sure. A little oh, generic, sweet. but I'll take it. I, I, like, I like Billy Wrangler better. Oxymoron. Billy Wrangler. Right. Billy Wrangler. <laughs> Billy. Oh, Billy Wrangler. And now Wrangler you've become Skipper. Billy. Yeah. Um, oh, that's great. And yeah, also, part of that is also why I want to be more in a director thing as opposed to directly involved with the website is trying to free up some of my own time and some of all of our times by delegating better because... I believe I'm going to be helping you with some of the state youth stuff. Yeah, absolutely. We have a like a really awesome vision uh, that's going to be different. We're forming a youth staff, um, and with this youth staff, we're not just wanting to focus on youth retreat, but we're wanting to do pop up events all around the state. So, for example, if Avengers is coming out, we would like it where each part of the state would gather Instagram, Facebook, and get a group of kids. Um, and kind of do a South Carolina meetup uh, to build to these bigger events. So except for just focus on youth retreat, focus on on camp, uh, we're going to do it all throughout the year and build momentum. All right. Can't I'll be out of that. <laughs> yeah, um, but right now you – and you said Glover? Glover. Glover. Why can't I say – Do your research. Glover. Do, do your research. Do my research. Just can't speak. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't speak. Um, but uh, you, you talk a lot about getting kids kind of in the inner city area. Yeah. That's sort of Lance's thing. He preaches, he tells a story, and we're all like, what? And then he's like, yeah, that happened to me once. Yesterday. Yeah. Well, I've had the experience of having a kid set our youth stage on fire in Florence. Praise God. Uh, I've had we're a not kid. That anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've changed our ways. Um, I've had the experience of having my car hit with rocks. Um, not, not drugs, but literal, uh, rocks. Not uh, meth rocks. Not no, meth rocks, no. Um, uh, and even where I'm at now, we have a large group of homeless people and they are awesome. And a few of them told me that I'm the best thing since their grandma. So, uh, that's, I, I don't even want to be a bishop or nothing. I want to be better than some guy's grandma. Yeah, that's um, the goal is in my ministry. So uh, we're we're on a fact finding mission. We want to make sure we check all of our sources. Uh, can you prove that you're better than his grandma? Um, I have not tried her fried chicken, but I make a pretty good one. So we what could you? resurrect her. I, I will challenge her in the kitchen. All right, we'll have to verify that source later. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, when do you plan on cooking me a fried chicken? Um, I don't know. Maybe when we get uh, the state youth. Yeah, together. I, That'd be our first thing. Hoping I could get a date and be like, I can hold you to it. I got it recorded now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, wow, that was, that was a long intro. The longest intro I've ever heard. Yeah. Do you want to tell them about uh, commenting on that so <laughs> and where to go to Patreon? Yeah. Uh, please leave a comment <laughs> on Apple Podcasts. This is really like the, the middle podcasts. of the podcast at this point. <laughs> what is it, 20 minutes? I don't know. All right, so go to our Patreon and support us. That's really what we wanted to say at the beginning. Yes, please. I can't be the only one. Plus there are four others. We love you, Aaron. There are <laughs> ones. Listen, <laughs> there is at least Russell, and we love him and my mother. Yeah, Russell? and my aunts. Like, jeez, the Russell? magical carrot. No, I let's wish. go. All right, Lance. What is? The most boring thing about you. Yeah, this is our icebreaker question. The Dave. most boring no, thing no. about me. If you want to think about it, we usually answer first. I want to make sure we know for sure it's the most boring thing about you. Okay. So we'll let Aaron start. Ha ha. Gotcha. Um, I'm currently wearing a gray v-neck. Wow. Mm, no, no, listen. It has to be the most boring. specific boring thing you specific do. Specific boring thing that I yeah. do. Yeah. Here, here. I need details. I sometimes... We'll walk into a building, sign a notebook, and then roll burritos for six hours. 
You mean work? Yes. Hmm. I think my, the most important thing that I do, but like the specific thing I do that I can think of is uh, sometimes after work, I go home, I sit on the couch, I pour the little lever to pop up, some decent sized TV in front of me, and I uh, I don't turn it on. That that would take work, so I just sit there, stare at a blank TV for a while. That, that, I think that's the most boring thing about me. Probably. All right, the most boring thing I do, I'm a huge DVD collector, and sometimes I just like to look at the cases. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I'll buy them, and I just sit there like, this is a really cool case. And then if it's a series, I put them all side by yeah, side and look at them as a set. And I could do that for probably about an hour and just be like, man, this is really cool that I have all these Jurassic Parks. I definitely have also done that before. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It's such an accomplishing feeling. the Lost covers. So good. Yeah. And I own literally, not trying to take this over, I counted my Jurassic Parks, just the first movie. I own 10 copies of it. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so, don't look at me like that Aaron. no I love Jurassic Park I'm thinking I wish now you can watch it 10 different times just be the same well I have Blu-ray I have uh, 3D Blu-ray I have Ultraviolet I have DVD twice yep, so, Ultra, wow. yeah wow. man yeah. Nice. I paid no more than 10 bucks for all well my brother my little brother was a uh, Littler than he is now. Mm-hmm. And now he's an adult. He's 20. Yeah. That makes sense. He's been on the podcast. When my little brother was not 20, yeah, yeah, he yeah. was little. When he, when, he was, <laughs> when he was a child, he'd always buy these Hot Wheels. And, you know, like, as an adult, they can be collector's items. You know how to collect them. You know what they're doing. Yeah. He, he wasn't doing that. He didn't know enough to do that. He got the same car, like, 10 times. <laughs> oh. He just got random Hot Wheels. Uh, and instead of rolling them around and playing with them, he liked to get them out. And see how big of a line you could have them sit in. Look at it and go, all right, let's see if I can do that line vertically now. All right, what about a diagonal line? He didn't do anything with it. I I can completely get that. That's what your DVD thing made me think of. I could just imagine little kid Matt with his ginormous ears just going, yep, mm mm-hmm, yep. Here's another pickup truck. Yeah, let's put that beside the speed car and I'll just make a line. Not not trying to tell tales outside the schoolhouse or get myself in trouble. If anyone <laughs> listens to me talk about this, I might have gotten a shelf from this campground once uh, that is storing my DVDs <laughs> in my bedroom. So if uh, Bishop Blomfin is like looking for a shelf, you are you are taking care of Jurassic Park and. That that doing is what you work. mean as a doing bishop. God. Doing God's work right there. Oh yeah, you're praise the Lord. Holding up my habits. <laughs> Aaron, most boring thing okay. about you? Drum roll, please. Um, Don't. No, I'm not. Yeah, that, that would be yeah. awful on the. Um, yeah, the most boring thing I can think of is like my dad's really addicted to getting the mail, so huh. sometimes. Me too. I, <laughs> I gotta like, get that mail, boy. Yes, sometimes <laughs> I like to go out before he gets there, and just get my mail. And then take it inside. And that way he still has the satisfaction of getting the mail. And he doesn't get mad at me. So wow, I get... was bored during that. Some of yeah. I think you won. <laughs> some, sometimes you like to get I... some of your mail. No, I like, I like to get my mail and leave the rest of it there. That is pretty boring. Yeah. That was great. That's what I was looking for. Sometimes I check the mail and just put it back in the box. Me too. I do that if none of my mail is there. I do that Sometimes when it I is check, my mail. It's just like a Tiffany's thing, and I was like, huh. Hmm. When I go in, I just want to sit down. If I have mail, I have to, like, put it somewhere. So I just put it back in the box and get it later. That doesn't even make sense. No, but then you, like, Because yeah, I can effort sit when I get in box. instead of, uh... You can walk in, drop the letter, and sit down. It takes yeah. almost no more. I can't judge them. I do that. Yeah. I, I don't want to have to sit it down. Or you can bring it to the chair with you and look at it. And then okay, put it I'm on the floor. This. I'm also so lazy I don't turn the on button to the TV on the but remote. But it's literally That's already in, in your hand. If I took the mail inside the house, I have to make room for Jurassic Park. So I just can't do that. <laughs> so it's like, one more copy of Jurassic mail. Park or mail. Go back. <laughs> it has its own house. Yeah, Why bring it into mine? Put it back in there. Yeah. Hmm, smart. Yeah. All right. So, 
That being said, uh, Holy now Ghost was, Unity? Now we can start the <laughs> podcast. Holy Ghost Unity? Yeah, sure. Yeah, if they can all get along and, <laughs> and um, you know, sometimes they have issues, but when they get along, yeah, they're great together. <laughs> all right, then. That, that, that's all yeah. we needed to know from Yeah, when they're not talking over <laughs> each other, that's awesome. Yeah. Man. All right. So, uh, we, we are at Camp Agape right now. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's, it's fantastic times. Is so this Camp Agape? It's where literally everyone in this room has met one another. Oh, yeah. Fun Sweet. times. I, I did not meet Aaron here. Did I? Yeah. Last year. Mm. I'm going to believe it. Anyway, the, what I was getting at. Throughout the years of me being here, and I'm sure probably all of y'all, we've known people who get saved every year. Yeah. They come, they get saved, then they fall away from God, and then they come and they get saved, and they fall away from God, and then they come and get saved. And we're all just kind of like, fingers crossed, like, ah, maybe they'll, like, you know, eventually when they pass, we'll just be at camp when they're 80 years old. Yeah. Yeah. This is the one, boys. All right, come on, guys. (laughs) We just hope this doesn't happen the other 50 (laughs) One weeks of the year, maybe it'll just happen this it's week. It's like uh, it's like American Ninja Warrior. Yeah, the war wall. I'm getting it. Oh, that's funny. So, are you asking when but, will these kids hit the red buzzer? Well, you were you were sort of talking about this yesterday. I got to hear part. Of, I'm in kitchen staff, so I don't get to be there for all of Lance's wonderful sermons. He's preaching this camp. He's sure. a camp evangelist. And I walked in for probably ten minutes. Here you talk about Thanos and yeah. uh, journey, and how a journey isn't just this week. Yeah. Uh, how you, do you want to talk about what I'm trying to say? Because I don't know your sermon as well as you. I don't know what you're trying to say. What uh, what were you talking about in that sermon yesterday? Oh, basically, what I was talking about how uh, your relationship with God has to go beyond just a week of camp, and it has to go beyond youth ministries. Because sometimes uh, I, I feel church structure is really weird. We go nursery to uh to children's church to youth and then we try to do ccm in there but then somewhere in between them they're like oh now i have to go to actual church um so i feel like we've kind of uh made everything in sections and not made it as a whole so uh, it's not the whole church the holy ghost unity. yeah yeah we're missing the holy ghost uh unity <laughs> We're just going to say that phrase as many times as possible. It's a great phrase. <laughs> is that going to be part of today's sermon? Um, I can throw it in there. All right, all right. Please, <laughs> please do. Please, please do. do. I can throw it in there. I'll be there. Oh, I'll man. There. <laughs> okay, so how does that happen? How does instead of you know them backsliding in a couple weeks, how do they stick with it through for the whole year? Well, the do we just need to have more camps? No, no. Stop, stop putting it on a pedestal. Um, uh, a relationship with Christ is not like this big achievement. It's what we do. Like when we get up, it's not like, praise God, you put on clothes today. It's, it's what we do. And I feel so often we end up putting pressure, right? No one has put pressure on me to breathe. So why am I getting all this pressure to believe in God? Um, I got saved in 2007. In 2010, I got in trouble for going to a strip club with some people in the youth group. So it, it took me <laughs> a other few people. years. Other people. Yeah. It took me a few years. That's youth director, guys. <laughs> it took me a few years to get it, but I had people that did not push me to get it. They they cheered for me and taught me. Um, so I feel a lot of times what happens, we think a life is supposed to be changed in one service. Um it's a ongoing process. You might not get it today, but 25 years from now, you can get it. So to me, except for trying to do this big deal, it's just let's hit it one step at a time. Let's love people. If they screw up, it's okay. We love you. Jesus loves you. Let's move on and let's continue living life. I did that annoying thing I do where I occasionally mention my fiance now. Yeah, TJ just, hates it. Just do it. So, all right. Anyway, so you're talking about relationship, and what I'm thinking of is, I first started dating Tiffany, and I love movies. Yeah. I think our first, like, month, all of the dates were going to the theater. Yeah. Four or five of them. We get a couple months into knowing each other, and uh, she informs me she hates theaters. She Mm. doesn't like the smell of popcorn. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times... That's what people run into. You know, they start a relationship with God and like, oh, this is great. This is fun. And they keep doing stuff. And then, you know, they find out, hey, God doesn't want you talking like that. 
what? <laughs> and then that's where it ends. You know, it's like, oh, well, that's, I don't want to figure a way around this. So I'm just going to keep doing what I want to do so much for that God relationship. Yeah, I, I, I guess that could be some of it. But sometimes I think God has to reveal that. Uh, some of the major things that I changed in my life was revealed by God. I remember when I came to church, I had dreadlocks. My pastor told me how awesome I was. He did not tell me, you don't need dreadlocks. So I feel we spent too much time saying, if you want to get uh, closer to God, stop cursing. Uh, eventually, yeah. But the thing about it, God has to reveal that for it to mean something. When when we try to gift wrap beliefs, they have to make the choice. Okay, this is what I believe. This is why I believe it. And we're here to motivate, teach. You know, there's a difference between communicating and um, communicating and pressing ourselves and, and making them feel like, okay, well, God loves me if I do A, B, and C. Okay. Yes, there's things we have to change, but he will change them in time. There might be things we do right now that maybe 10 years from now we're like, okay. I don't know if that's best for me. Yeah. So it's a process. It's a journey. And God will reveal that stuff. We just have to, I, I, I kind of view it as we're running backs and God's a quarterback. We just have to get where he's throwing the ball. And sometimes we're so busy trying to throw the ball and catch the ball that we completely overlook people. That's a good metaphor. But yeah, that's... um. We were sort of talking to the kids in the cabin yesterday. We were reading uh, Galatians 4 at the end of that. Yeah. And I plan on doing another devotion with Galatians 5. But, that, yeah. but uh, we are talking about, you know, he talks about you can either be a child of the slave woman mm-hmm. or you can be a child of promise. Yeah. And we're talking about the point of, you know, Galatians. And how Paul's talking about um, you were given the wrong gospel. You were given a gospel that says it's about these rules. It's not. Yeah. And, you know... You know, in Galatians 5, we, we didn't get to that yet, but he also says, you're also not a slave to sin. Mm-hmm. What's that look like to be promised and in freedom and as opposed to a slave? And that's, even the church has a relationship. You know, of course, you have your personal relationship with God, but even in Church of God of Prophecy, when my grandfather was younger, it was it was bowling. You know, you couldn't go bowling. It yeah. was girls wearing pants. They can't do that. Yeah. And, you know, um, we find some of these rules aren't there. And then we find, well, maybe there are some rules we've overlooked. Uh, the whole church, not not our denomination, but the whole church, you'll see a big push towards health right now. There's a lot of pastors who are focusing a lot more on their physical health because we realize this, this is something God wanted us to do that we haven't been doing. Mm-hmm. So I think the church has the same relationship, like as a whole community. And we're constantly trying to build that and figure out, you know, it's not the rules, but it is how do we be where God wants us to be in a relationship with him? Sure. Well, it, it, to me, it goes down to what Jesus said, that um, first you love God your Father with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Um, if I'm cons- if I'm constantly hammering you, how am I loving you? And so often I feel like, you know, we're talking about church unity. We miss unity because we're trying to check boxes and not legitly get to know each other, not legitly care about each other. Um, my thing is everyone says, well, it really bothers me that you do this. But if it bothers you, why does it only bother you when you see it? Why aren't you praying about it? Why aren't you, why, why aren't you getting to know why a person does what they do? We instantly says it's sin, but sometimes there's cultural reasons. Sometimes someone is just raised a certain way. I remember when I went to that strip club as as a teenager, uh, my dad dropped me off and gave me the ones. Um, And I had a youth pastor (laughs) confront me on it. And they're like, do you want me to tell your dad? And I was like, go ahead. He took me. Yeah, so so it's a thing is you don't know what people are going through. So it's hard to say what works for you works for them. God will reveal it. You just have to be there to talk. Obviously, I don't go to strip clubs now. So something stuck, Amen. right? Uh, but it wasn't people hitting me over the head with what I'm doing wrong. It's that the tough love angle doesn't always work. Especially not against mm-hmm. young, rebellious people. Well, if it weren't, where are all the people in their 50s and in their 40s? Um, there's a lot of, character. there. there's a whole generation missing out of church that was raised under that tough love stuff. And I'm not saying that you 
can't be tough because there's times, but you earn um being able to discipline people by having relationship. I have to tell people all the time, yo, that's not the thing that needs to happen. But I take time to get to know those people. I feel sometimes we just want to use our titles or whatever it may be to jump to correction. Uh, we're in a generation that they can sense out uh, fake and that we just can't say, I'm a pastor, respect me, because at home, they don't have food. At home, they don't have the stuff they need, and then you come through and try to pull the pastor card. But if you go in and you help supply those needs and you love them, they will. Uh, they just won't accept uh, being disciplined. They will want it because they respect you for it. Kind of build that. You know, that's... And TJ have known each other for years. I don't like said a mean word to each other the first, like... Eight years we knew each other. Yeah, first like. But now he has absolutely no problem being on the podcast, being like, "Dan, he said it that way because he's dumb," and because uh, I think he's earned that. Yeah, yeah, you. He dealt with me for eight years first. I mean, yeah, that's fair. Um, you know, in education, we learn about like the hierarchy. For those who don't know, she's in education. Yeah, yeah, I'm in special ed. I'm not in special ed. You are special ed. Um, <laughs> we learn about. Um, I think it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And like you have to meet the basic needs before you can get to any of those levels. Like he was saying, like we're taught all the time, you know, in our classrooms to meet our kids' needs. If there's a kid who's sitting there hungry, the reason they're not listening to you is not necessarily because they're being disrespectful. It's because they're sitting there and they haven't eaten since lunch yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe when they go home, they've got three little siblings that they're trying to care for. You know, they're not listening to you because they have so much going on that you don't even see. Yeah. Preach. Man, that's... So, maybe one way we get closer to the goal of church unity, of having the whole church, is just by trying harder to meet one another's needs. And that's what Jesus mm-hmm. even said. In, was it Matthew 5, 25? Yeah. Where he was like, you saw me and I was hungry and you gave me food. When I was in jail, you came and visited me. Jesus is saying, you did the most when I needed you the most. Yeah. And, and the scriptures also call out people for saying, well, if someone's cold, just don't <clears throat> tell them, well, I'm praying for you, but give them your tunic. Yeah. Um, we write off people, but we want to see them on Sunday. Thing is, church has to become more than a Sunday experience. Church has to be seven days a week, everything we do. Uh, we go to a movie, that's an experience with each other. Um, to me, I, I'm going to tell you, I don't think about Sunday mornings. I think about every single day, how can we build this unity together beyond just you coming down to the altar. We go to a movie, we have a chance. We go out to eat, we have a chance. Whatever it may be. You open up about something awful that could get you kicked out of other churches. Uh, that builds us closer to reaching the goal of unity within our body. We're going to have to put a picture of this page up on the Instagram. Because uh, I opened up to the verse you're talking about in James 2. And I, I didn't realize exactly how much I've marked this page of my Bible up. <laughs> I really like this, apparently. But, uh, which I did know I like this. It's not an apparent. Anyway, so he's uh, two fifteens. Started what you were mentioning. It's uh, if a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, "Go in peace, be warmed and filled," and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Even so, faith without works is dead, being by itself. Someone may well say, "You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith by your works, and I'll show you my faith through my works." So that's um that's a thing you know you could say all day I'm a Christian I want people in church that's great and you can say all day yeah I have faith but if there's nothing there backing it up who cares right my my first experience with Christianity I did not grow up in church um, my immediate family um, are Mormons and then my parents uh, were kind of new age and I don't think my dad really believed in anything but um, <laughs> we didn't have much growing up. And I remember I went to school and we had a guidance counselor named Reverend Duncan. And uh, I thought his name was literally Reverend because I never went to church. Uh, so he signed me out of school one day and he took me and got me a pair of Nikes. I think I was probably in second grade. I got me Nike socks, first pair of Nikes. Um, 
And that kind of set the tone of how I viewed Christians. Um, even if someone hurt me, I remember how uh, Reverend Duncan treated me. And then later on, I met a pastor by the name of, uh, we'll call him Brother Johnson. And he treated me with so much love because uh, at that time I was homeless. And he let he, he put power in his shed and I, I stayed there. Uh, so whenever things in church hurt me, these people became pillars that helped me with my faith to overlook how people treated me, but how uh, the love of Jesus really destroys a multitude of sins, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. So, and that's part of love God and then love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Which we were talking about yesterday. A big part of that is loving yourself, which I won't get into that now, but it's important that, that people understand that. So first, love God, love yourself, love others. Yes. And um, it's with that love others, that staying connected part of things, that being the whole church, having that unity. Do you think sort of that part of the missing element is why people go to camp and then backslide? It's because maybe we're not as connected. Maybe we're not there for each other outside of camp. Um, yeah, I believe that's it. And I believe that a lot of people that go to church, they're kids. Um, and kids go through, as everyone, but they're very impressionable. They go through peaks and valleys. Sometimes I just don't feel like we hang with them enough. Uh, we see them for this week. We impact them. But like I said, we don't do stuff with them during the year like we should. We don't check on them like we should. Uh, we just kind of hope that the local church is doing it. But that's where we miss it because we always assume it's someone else's responsibility. We, we always assume that with unity, it's the pastor's job to bring unity. It's the church's job to bring unity. It's every last person. So, you know, we use the word backslide. You know, I don't know if they backslide or if they just experience life like all of us, right? And, and they just hit these bumps. Um, but my thing, and the thing that impacts me greatly is if we're seeing all these people falling away from faith, why are we not there to catch them? Uh, why is it we notice it when the numbers are down, not when we don't see their face or when they don't sign up the work staff when they're older? So it doesn't, you know, everyone says bother me when people backslide. It bothers me that we never notice it. Yeah. And it bothers me that we only care when it reflects numbers because we associate them with a number and not with their name. Mm-hmm. As a, you know, young guy, Twenty, the youngest person on the podcast, uh, and the boss. Yep, I just got—I really just got out of camp, and I, I would see it every year. People seem like they hang out all the time, but actually, outside of camp, they wouldn't speak. They don't talk to each other. They don't help each other. That was Josh and I for years. Everyone just thought we were best friends. Yeah, we didn't start hanging out until like two years ago. Yeah, three. we thought it was really funny last year at camp because. Uh, it was the first time that we actually were sort of like best friends, and everyone's always treated us that way, and it was just weird because we were like, huh, now it actually makes sense to treat us that way. Well, we really suck with relationship because a lot of our relationships are based upon pretenses and is based upon kind of hoops and uh, I love you, or, or sometimes it's how we just perceive it. They love me if I A, B, and C. You know, I'll go ahead and tell you, I know very well, I have my group of people, if I decided today I'm done with pastoring, I'm done with this stuff, they're still going to love me. They're still going to talk to me. They're still going to work with me. And my value as a person does not go down because I'm not doing church. I feel we write people off. And that's why there's no unity because it's under, if you go to church, you're one of us. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, if you don't go to church, you're one of us. If you're a drug addict, you're one of us. If you're struggling with issues, you're one of us. We just have to do a better job of learning you, learning and loving you and sharing the gospel with you. Because can I be honest with you? We don't share the gospel well. Well, that gets right, which we were when we were introducing Aaron again. It gets back to what we said earlier about why we believe so strongly in the priesthood of believers. It was... <clears throat> I came across it a lot, but what the time that hit me the most was, um, I can't remember, Frank the, the Viola? Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Viola? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 
um, right to pagan Christianity. I know the name of the book, at least. He um, And he was talking about how we got this idea of head pastorship. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't agree with everything he said, but he pointing out that everyone does that. You know, it's the pastor's job to maintain unity. Okay, but what about the priesthood of all believers? What if we actually believed that and did that, and all of a sudden we treated it like, it's my job to maintain church unity? Well, the original church... Uh, you know, we think, well, they went on Sundays. They would go every day to each other's house, and they would have dinner. And, and, and they would share. You know, it, it wasn't the same Sunday, and if there's trash on the ground, the pastor is going to have to deal with that, or the youth group's rowdy. It was, we love each other, so we want to be together. That's my big thing. I never tell people, go to church, go to church, go to church, because if you love Jesus, and you love each other, and you love that community— you count it a desire to go, right? Like, we don't have to pull teeth to go to camp because we want to be here, mm-hmm. because we have the relationships, we look forward to seeing each other. And the volunteers here, we do it for free, right? Yeah. Many people take off from work because they love the people. We just have to get that in our local church, but more than our local church, we have to get that in our communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, the church at one time was the hub of the community. They fed people. They would take wheat into the church and they would thrash it there. The church was everything. Now the church is a, a really poor attempt at uh, Christian entertainment. It's it's a stand up. It's a it's uh, it's a TED talk. Uh, but we're not a pillar in the community. Um, I have a friend who is a devout atheist. And uh, the greatest compliment he gave me was, man, I feel like your church is a pillar in the community. When when atheists and people that don't believe recognize that it's important to the community, then you have the opportunity to share the gospel or share the gospel. A lot of people don't see the importance of the gospel because we keep it within walls. And you're only loved and your only good is if you enter us. We don't enter them. All right. You'd go out more instead of waiting for people to come to us. Well, to me, not even go out. Just live your life loud. Just live your life loud. We all go to movies. We all go to eat. We all go do this stuff. Get to know people. Meet people. You know, I'm a huge nerd. I, 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 I wear it as a badge of honor. My love for Dragon Ball Z and pro wrestling. And I go to wrestling shows and, and DVD shops. And these people have relationship with. We install window units for the local record store. They know us. They know where we're at. And whenever they want to come to the church, they'll come there. But we seek them out. We don't let them see the church sign and go, hey, I need Jesus today. Just be you and allow the Spirit to guide. Um, so, unfortunately, um, all of our listeners, all 100 of them, uh, already have their bodies filled with tattoos from Dolores' quotes from that podcast. Mm-hmm. So they they can't get that tattooed on. Yeah. So we're gonna our first merch is gonna be uh, live life loud hashtag landscape. There you go, <laughs> living like Lance. Yeah, yeah, living oh, like Lance. No live, more living like, live like loud. I don't want to do that. <laughs> there we go. Uh, be looking for those t-shirts. Uh, they expect them in like a uh, hundred or two hundred years. Uh, I have no money. At all, so it no, won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> that but uh, man, well you you're talking Common about sense. that, and that's um, so the book of. Ephesians, I'm told, is Paul answering the question, what is church? You're told, as you look at the book of Ephesians. (laughs) It doesn't tell you that that's the question he's answering. The Holy Ghost Unity told me. Yeah, Holy Ghost Unity told me. Some some smart people. The grouping of the Holy Ghost. I think it was Dr. Beck, actually. So you mentioned him again. There we go. But it's, um... Actually, no, that was Dr. Link. My bad. I'm sorry, Link. We love you, too. But it's uh, Ephesians 4.21. Okay. is, I think, the best part of the answer. Like the punchline, if you will. What is church? Be subject or be servant to one another in the fear of Christ. Right, there you go. Yeah. Serve each other. That's what church is. Yeah, there you go. And how do you unify that? If you're doing it, it's unified. Like, to me, it's like, you know, ding dong stupid. Like, it's so simple. Like, <laughs> well, how do we bring unity? Love people. Well, what if they sin? Love people. Well, what if they're not like me? Love them. Well, what if they're gay? Love them. <laughs> it's, you know, we, we want to sit here. Well, what if someone in the church doesn't like it? Who cares? I'd rather be biblically uh, correct than publicly correct. 
So if the church disagrees with something I do that's biblical, they're going to have to get over it. I mean, unfortunately, our mic's on a stand, so you can't drop it. Yeah. I can smack it. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's good stuff, though. So you've pretty much already answered this, but holy ghost unity. <laughs> that was yeah. just answered. Yeah. No, I didn't but uh, it, are there any other ways we can stay connected? Like these people that we meet at camp? Yeah, what sure. are the practical ways we do everything we've been talking about? Well, first step, care about them. Uh, you, you do stuff you care about. Um, so people say, well, how do I stay connected? Well, how do you, how do you stay connected with your friends and family? You reach out to them. Uh, to me, we're looking, like I said, man, we get so into these seminars where people like teach us how to do things. We know how to do them. We just don't care to do them. Uh, I knew when Avengers was coming out. And I did not need the director to come to my house and tell me or text me and say, hey, go see my movie. Oh, you didn't? I, oh, yeah. The Russo brothers did not come to me. <laughs> um, but because I cared about uh, the source material and I built a literal relationship with these characters, I cared. Uh, so within us, do we, do we care about the source material, the Bible, uh, and do we build a relationship with each other? Um, so how do we reach out to them? The way we reach out to everyone. We have to care. Um, plain and simple. Care. Instagram, YouTube, whatever it's going to take. You can have every tool in the world, but if you don't care to pick it up, that's your fault. Um, there's an old saying, a good carpenter don't blame their tools. We blame our tools, and we need to realize a hammer cannot hammer if it's laying on a the table. There we go. Man, it's really a shame this mic's on a stand. Could have dropped it a few times. <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> man, I'm, I'm gonna get real specific here. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna sure. pull out something extremely specific and hope it gives us something extremely practical. Mm-hmm. Um, for legal reasons, I'm not gonna say the name, but, uh, we're, we're camping out here right now. Mm-hmm. There's a camper here that I have a heavy burden for. I care a lot. Right now. Mm-hmm. Doesn't go to my church. How do I make sure she, stays connected? How do I make sure she's okay till next year? What is something I can do? Well, let uh, connect with, especially since you're a guy and she's a girl, obviously. And a young child, so that's a lot of legal stuff. We'll connect with um, other uh, women staff and continue to push... You know, to push that relationship. Um, the thing is, it's little stuff. We've gotten so far away from basics because we think basics is bad. There's nothing wrong with sending a postcard. There's, it's just little things are saying, I love you. How about this? Think about this. Have you ever thought about calling just a pizza joint and saying, Hey, drop this pizza off here at this church that I know where they go to? It's little stuff that we overlook. So how do you stay collected? Find little things, you know, you're speaking about Aaron or someone. Hey, can you just send a postcard and let them know, like, we love them and we miss them? And that stuff, as state youth directors, we're going to hammer home. Uh, we're going to hammer home the stuff we're good at, love and relationships. So we're just going to be everyone over the head. We need you at youth retreat. We need you at camp. We need you at these uh, little events. Um, because it's not on the job of just the youth directors. It's all of our responsibility. We have to take care of each other. All right. And when we do all of these things, what's going to be different? What are we going to see in the church at camp? I start sending the pizzas. Um, Well, you're going to see people become emotionally invested in what we're doing. You'll see people that care about if they come to camp or not. You'll see people care um, about the things that we do. And to me, and that's the biggest thing, it's morale. You'll see people start... Uh, wanting to find ways to help. That's the biggest thing. We have youth here that they just want to serve. They just want to be a part. But they don't know what that looks like because we have trained people to think uh, you can serve if you're a pastor or you belong if you're a worship leader. There's not a lot of opportunities for anyone but pastors and worship leaders. There, There is opportunity. We just have to help people find it. There are people that are called to pastor who are not preachers. They're, they're executive pastors. 
we have to help them learn what that is. So there is more callings in the Bible than, than just a preacher or a worship leader, whatever that means. Do they even really have that? Everyone has a spot. If they didn't, there wouldn't be a church. And, um, I'm going to be a little bold here because I can edit this out if I need to. Aha. Mm-hmm. The, um, I could say for certainty, if you contact me or Aaron or just Gmail the whole church at gmail.com and you let us know, hey, I feel called. I want to do something in ministry. Here's my talent set. We'll find a way to use you. We'll find, man, if you want to do YouTube, I'll find a way to set that up and make it work. Um, if you want to do something that can be on the website, I'm going to work with Aaron. We're going to find a way to make it work. Yeah. If well, you're in South Carolina youth and you want to be more involved, Lance is going to figure it out. I'm going to work with you. We'll make it happen. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I, you know, I will teach. I left him out. Yeah. I'm in a team, you know, with, uh, Pastor Chris Galloway. And, you know, one day we both have to be on this. Um, together. Uh, we both have, uh, just an awesome vision. And one of the visions that I have is just being all in, being all inclusive for all people to love all people. And that is spiritually speaking, but that's also practically speaking. How many kids today don't know how to change a tire? They, they don't have a skill. They, they don't know how to will. So we want to provide just not people having an opportunity, uh, to serve in a church, but an opportunity to get a job. Your soul is super important. But being able to pay bills is also super important. Being able to change a tire is super important. There is more. Like I said, uh, the original church, they didn't go to a church and they found their skills to serve uh, a, a corporation. They found skills to serve each other and to take care of each other. When, you know, Josh have a dollar, I have a dollar. That was the relationship. We moved away from that to I'll see you at the social club. And uh, if I'm hungry, you're never going to know it because I'm too proud to tell you because you may judge me. Uh, we're doing away with all of that because none of that stuff matters. I don't care if you're from a rich neighborhood uh, or a poor neighborhood. Your value is equal. And um, and one of the things that's hit me the most just out, just out, out in the world, too. Yeah, she, she hits me. No, oh, she does not beat me. <laughs> um... No, no, no. Holy God, it was, hits me all the time. It was when I was at Domino's, and we had a guy there who wasn't Christian. And this was the, no. the one question from a non-Christian that I think, it was a series of questions, but the thing that shocked me, what he was asking me was how the church was ran. Because he was taught when he went to business school at a public school, the best growing business, the business that's making the most money is the church. So my questions when he asked me about church wasn't how do you serve one another? wasn't how do you make a difference in the community? It wasn't about God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit. It was how do you budget? It was how when you do this event, how do you market it? It wasn't anything to do about God at all. And I was like, wow, that's where we've gotten. Yeah. yeah. And, and those things have uh, a realistic importance because of just the structure, how it is today. But the problem is we try to save people from a boardroom, uh, and that is tone deaf. Uh, we try to say things from a corporate environment, from a sterile environment. And I don't know about y'all. I'm not living in a sterile environment. Um, we, we have 20 something kids to come to church. None of them have dads. Some of them have 13 to a three bedroom house. Uh, they do not care about if they can hit a car with a sledgehammer. Uh, they do not care about Xbox One. They don't care. They care that they have someone that loved them. Uh, we play old systems, Xbox 360. These kids love it. Why? Because they have people, adults, that want to take time uh, to listen to them and to care about them. So we're trying to win people from a boardroom, and that's why we're not winning people. Um, the church has not really grown in years, not just in our uh, group, but as a whole. Because if you look at where the church is blooming at, if you look at uh, Peru or even China, they have things hitting them and they're having to band together and not rely on bishops and deacons and pastors. They're relying on each other because if they don't, it's going to go south really mm-hmm. quickly. Um, so we don't feel that pressure as much here, 
But I think we should. I think we should feel the pressure. We should feel like it's going downhill because it's not till you feel pressure that you feel motivated to do something. Um, we have became so, so, uh, tone deaf on what we view as church. It's time to reinvent it by going back to the basics. Board meetings might be important, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Jesus, I mean, that wasn't Jesus, but uh, the Bible doesn't say this. You'll know my people by how well they run their business. Yeah. It says, no, no, you'll know my people by what, how, how they love one another. Yes. And I don't know about you, but I really hope we do these things you've been talking about and we start to hear people not ask us questions of how our business is ran, but instead ask us questions of how can you afford to help so many people? That, sure. That's what I want. You know? Well, and, and my big uh, thing is how can you not afford to help people? Um, people will always say, listen, I'm not rich. This church is not rich by any means. Ask questions. Stop, stop thinking, well, the only way we can do VBS is afford one of those VBS kits. Be creative and ask people, how do we do this? And, and believe it or not, crazy thing. Ask people that do not believe the same as you, um, because they have awesome perspectives. I tell you, um, I, I believe salvation through Jesus Christ is the only way. But some of my number one supporters that helped us grow youth ministry in Florence were were atheists. They donated basketball goals, air hockey tables, pool hockey, all this stuff. I don't even know if pool hockey's a thing, but it is today. Um, <laughs> they donated this stuff because they cared about what we were doing for the community. Then we were able to build a relationship with them and to spread the message of Jesus Christ. Not through pamphlets but just through relationship and having the opportunity to talk about it man see now i just got this picture stuck in my head of uh people on water skis with boats and a puck and they're just trying to like hit the puck across the water and that it isn't working even see, in my they, head. Uh, let's come up with it there's All a right, game sort of like cornhole that is two hockey nets on either side and a little plastic runway and uh people will go out water on it <laughs> i'm getting there people will go out on those big like Big like floats, like a dock, a floating dock, but not a dock. You know, you yeah. just take it out there and stand on it. A floating dock, but not a dock. Well, it's just like a giant yeah. float yeah. that is stable enough to stand on. I know huh. what you mean. And they'll shoot it from one side to the other on water. All right, sounds close enough to me. That's yeah. what Delanger's church has. Um, so going back to Jesus. Yeah. Um, oh, good. Yeah. yeah. And. <laughs> um, oh, okay. When he was talking on Lance was talking, yeah. I was thinking about how at this particular camp. Um, junior camp, they really stress. We have two sets of chairs. We have orange chairs that are comfortable, and we have metal chairs that are just normal and uncomfortable. Very sturdy, though. Very sturdy. Very. Um, <laughs> but at this camp in particular, the directors really stress we don't use the orange chairs around the kids, oh, like really? unless the kids are also sitting in them. Because a lot of times we would, like long time ago, we would – had the staff just sitting in the orange chairs and it was almost like orange chairs are for the elite. Yeah. But this camp really stresses we sit intermingled with the kids so that we're not we can show them we're not above them. We are there with them. Come to serve not And to that's why Erin brought her own foldable chair. Not an orange chair. <laughs> well yeah. I was what I was gonna say is uh that's why me and Lance are the best at this podcast, that we're the only ones not in padded chairs. Yeah. We won. <laughs> I was specifically given this padded chair. We're all equals here. You chose that chair. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't even notice is. the difference until we started talking about chairs. Yeah. But I just think that goes back to him, what he was saying. Like, we always had that divide of, like, these are the pastors, the teachers, and this. And then there's a, just regular churchgoers. Then yeah. there's the members. Then there's just the regular you know, please. So again, we believe in the priesthood of all believers. Please submit your devotions to Aaron Hardy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because we were trying to establish respect. And the thing about it is people do need to respect pastors, but I'm going to be honest. You need to respect everybody. Yeah. You need to show everyone with respect, but on the flip side, respect is earned. It is not something that's granted upon title. Um, you earn respect. And if you're a respectable person, people will respect you for that. Um, and if you're not a respectable person, they don't want to have anything to do with you. 
Do you want to just tip the mic over since we can't drop it? Yeah. yeah. I don't think <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, please don't. I'm going to go ahead and start wrapping this up. It's almost an hour already. Also, I let other people sit in my llama foldable chair during service. Mm-hmm. I but you actually brought a foldable chair. I did. I've had it here Praise all the, the camps. Yeah, she's and she's been sharing this. So she's been I have. Jesus. I barely sat in it. Uh, Lance and I sat in the same foldable metal chair the other day. Yeah, and I'm a big old Who boy. was on whose lap? I we was on his lap. the chair. Oh, okay. Yeah, like we it was like on the chair. Yeah, so one, right one cheek, cheek of left each cheek. of you. Yeah, yeah. Right. right cheek, left cheek. Right. That was that's yeah. about. Uh, a y'all lot y'all got a lot closer to this camp, what I heard. Nope. Well, we're trying to love <laughs> Jesus and each other. All right, but uh, <laughs> no. So wrapping this up, did I answer every question? Or are we skipping along? Yeah, you answered everything. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, you answered a lot of them that, we, that weren't even on there. Speaking. <laughs> oh, I'm good at that. Yeah. But uh, so God moments of the week. <laughs> Um, we, we could start. It, it's anything from a challenge to a blessing to someone washed my car. Well, I happened to read a Bible verse while they were doing it. Yeah. <laughs> anything at all that happens you to be Scottish. Mine's, Scottish. mine's not to do with church camp, actually. Um, Whoa. after, uh, after Monday's service, um, Dolores came up to me and told her that we uh, have a, a person that, uh, tends to church and she's a great friend of ours. She passed away. And as, uh, as soon as we heard about it, we left. And when we got there, uh, the family was shocked to see us and they, they hugged us and they're kind of, a uh, a to their sales family. But the thing they said was, um, man, you must've jumped right in your car. And that hit me on a real level because that, just to see her face mourning, but then to be like, man, the love of Jesus just the we we left the ninety nine for the one. Nice. Um, and as important as camp is, people um, grieving is super important. And that was my God's moment because it really hit me in a way of you know what uh, the person no one else is thinking about. That's who Christ is really searching. Amen. This is why this is why we let you go last. I don't um, want to have so to follow that. Well, y'all like staring at each other, like make moves, not excuses. <laughs> All right, uh, Aaron, you want to go ahead? Um, yeah. And we'll make you follow that. Okay. Well, mine's not like a big thing like that, but um, and they're all big things. Yeah, they're all big things. Um, we had to like the support staff went and sat in on the family groups, which are heterogeneously put together groups of campers. Good work. Um, yes. That's really good. Um, we went and sat in on them af- with them after service and just asked each of them, you know, like, what are you feeling? That was literally the prompt. What are you feeling? And one of the boys, all he said was, I feel a sweet spirit. And, like, that just really hit me because... Praise God. Yeah, that's what that's, that just really hit me because it's like, you know, he didn't, you know start speaking in tongues or anything like that. He just had a piece about him, which doesn't happen a lot anymore. We don't have a lot of peace. But he just said, all he said was, I felt a sweet spirit. The the kind of peace that surpasses all understanding, right? Yeah. That's what I wanted to say. I was like, oh, this is already yeah, a long. hear that come from, like, from this like six foot to 14 year old boy. Like that was just... Oh, it was AJ. <laughs> it actually was, yeah. No, no name for <laughs> We didn't say it last time. That's fine. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lie. My God, moment of the week is I showed up to camp. Praise This them. is my favorite thing every year. Yep. Me too. I'm like, this one kid TJ was. He's pretty cool. I would literally rather do this for a month than get paid for a month. Yeah, and you do I that. Know that. I do that. Yeah. My dad asked me, like, a few weeks ago, he was like, you think why are you still working camp? Like, are you gonna work camp forever? I'm like, probably. Yeah, I worked a significant amount of overtime in the last month to try and afford my bills long enough to go for five days because uh, it's that worth it. So. Yeah, and we have so much more coming. Um, you know, how much more overtime am I gonna have to work? Lance? <laughs> a lot, a lot, because <laughs> we're the goals and the plans and the people that we're going to get involved on this. Um, I. 
I'm not going to be cliche and say we're going to take it to the next level. We're, we're going to take it to the next we're level. We're not. We're, we're your brother. Yeah, yeah. Let's hear it, dude. Uh, we're not going to go to the song. next level. We're just going to do what we do really well. And if people love it, they'll love it. If not, they'll learn to. Yeah, no pressure, but it sounds like this. I'm supposed to do this really well. Am I supposed to be doing this really well? Eh, you're okay. No, that's why there are two of us. Yeah. If we do both do it in a mediocre fashion. Yeah, Aaron's done a great job. Aaron's doing fantastic. If we could clap and it not be awful on the mic, I would clap for you right now. But uh, that it's it's too hard to edit, and I'm lazy, so. All right. Can you edit All right. All right. Uh, my, uh, <laughs> no, we can't afford that sound bike. Yeah, we, we can't afford sound bikes. Jeez. What do you think this is? A professional bike? No, um, I'm trying to, am I allowed to like talk about something campers? I'm not going to use the name. It'll probably be fine. Well, TJ did. Yeah. Uh, Lance, Lance will stop me if I'm not allowed to do what I'm doing. Yeah, don't use names or names. Yeah, yeah, I won't use the name. But, uh, it was after you preached and I completely missed the sermon. Mm-hmm. I came at the end of prayer time because I was preparing lunch. Um, at kitchen staff this year, and uh, they're breaking into family groups. And I was like, oh, eeny, meeny, miny, mo- uh, Randy. I like Randy. Randy's a staff member. I can use his name. Yeah, uh-huh. He's an adult. Yeah, he's a pastor. He's already put himself out there. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I went and joined his, uh, his family group, and uh, we, were, we were going around talking about, I, th- I think it was the same thing you were saying, just talking about what they felt about the night, right? And um, what Lance did, even though I wasn't there, I was informed, he wrote on one hand, was it homeless? Yeah. What, what would he used to be? And then write where God's taken or where, where God has him now, something like that. Yeah. And um, I, I came in at the end of prayer and uh, Chris Galloway asked everybody to do it before we went into our family groups, right? And I came in just for that, uh, grabbed the first marker I saw, wrote liar on one hand and wrote proclaimer of the gospel on the other, which uh, right with my left hand, it really read like a... <laughs> Uh, I, I, I can't write, write Hebrew. Hebrew. Yeah, turns out. <laughs> that sounded like some Holy Ghost unity. There. <laughs> Thank you. Lance. We're not allowed to laugh at that joke. <laughs> anyway, uh, Pentecostal humor might be the best humor. But uh, we went in family group and he went around and most, most of the kids were just like, oh, skip me, skip me, whatever. Uh, we got a few. One of the ones that answered was right beside me and uh, he showed his hand and said, liar on one hand. And I was like, hey, dude, look, look at this. And then um, it, it was the weirdest thing. In my head, I'm thinking of how to relate to him, right? What I'm about to say. And then I'm Pentecostal. So instead of saying what I said, uh, the Spirit just hit me and said, no, you're going to say these things instead. And I was like, I don't know what these things are. You gave me the first couple words, and I'm going to roll with it. So uh, I just started talking about God is everything you need. And to... You know, we had we did all kinds of different campers, and one of them talked about you know cutting themselves, and you know it's like you know cutters just want to feel. God can restore that. He is your restorer. God is your comforter. God is a father to the fatherless. And then it hit me, hey, in Isaiah, remind them in Isaiah, I said I care for my people like a mother cares for her child, and I was like, yeah, that God's a mother to the motherless even. And I said that, and we stopped, and a little girl goes, hey, I um actually do want to share mom. And she show, showed she just lost her mother. Hmm. And I was like, whoa. And then God said, that one, that's the one you need to look out for this week. And I'm like, man, this is so much. And um, I, I can't share everything, but we, we have a lot going on in my family right now, too. So it's it's not only a spiritual thing. It's not only a God showing me that, but it's also a God saying, this is a mirror. Look at this. And I was like, all right, so I'm watching that situation closely. So I guess my God moment is ongoing. I don't know the end of that moment yet. Yeah. So uh, can I have tuned. one more God moment? <laughs> Absolutely, one more. I'd be really quick because we went like Lord of the Rings long. Yeah, yeah but that's this um, is Return time. of the Kings. Yeah, <laughs> this is gonna be Return of the Kings talk. <laughs> so I do have a camp moment. Uh, this kid came Crazy. up to me and was like, um, "Will you pray for me?" And I was like, "Sure." What's going on? Uh, and he was like, um, I haven't been with my family in a long time, and I just really miss them. And I just looked at him coming from a broken home myself, and I, I just looked at him and said, I can relate, kid, and let's pray. And that was such a moment because, man, we try to build these moments up to be so emotional, but sometimes the most just innocent moment of, yeah, we're in the same boat, you know? You're a kid. I'm an adult. It still hurts the same. 
to to not feel loved or not be able to see someone that loves you. Uh, but th- that brings in unity. We all, you know, Dolores always says, when one cries, uh, we should uh, taste salt. Um, we need to be in a place where we really care for each other. That's your next Dolores Matthews tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Guys, if you're listening to this, camp, camp's been over for, what, three or four weeks? No, like two. Wow. Well, uh, I'm thinking it's the week after conference. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Freshman camp is next week. Two weeks, yeah. yeah. Freshman camp is next week. Anyway, if, if you're listening to this, camp, camp's been over for, for a minute. Um, join us in praying with these campers. We're not going to pray on the podcast. Yeah. But uh, we're going to keep praying for these kids. Yeah. And um, it's the whole church. I believe there are people listening to this who believe in the power of prayer, who believe in God and the Holy Spirit. And these kids need prayer. These kids need people who care about them. Um, if you happen to know kids, maybe who went to this camp, talk to them for us. Let them know that we're still thinking about them. And on a pastoral level, um, kind of speaking to any one sitting at this desk or any one in our state, let the pastors know how important these kids are. And let the pastors know how great of a job they're doing getting these kids to camp. Because once again, it's a team. And and sometimes team Sal, you know, yeah. And sometimes the pastor just doesn't. They don't see all of it. So when we get more involved in these other churches and we get involved in these pastors' life, it also affects the kids. It becomes a full circle. Awesome stuff, man. I wish we could just keep this podcast going. This was great, but uh, people are probably. Uh, gonna look at an hour and seven minutes and be like please do i have to listen to the whole thing uh, it, it was worth it it was great hopefully we have you on again uh you did come from a mormon family and uh yep. we are this is going to be just a couple weeks after we release a podcast we did with some Mormons, and we would love to hear some of your thoughts on that we'd like to get different perspectives on the same idea when it comes to this podcast because we've said it before it's what we put out there isn't our ideas it's just us trying to see what's going on in the church and how to be more united. Sure. So uh, we'd love to hear your perspective on that. But uh, for now, we're going to wrap this up. Yeah, if you're still listening, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. You made it to the outro. <laughs> if you're not already, please follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're willing to listen this long, you should be willing to give us at least a dollar a month on Patreon. Oh, yeah. And you uh, should you're subscribe. Fantastic. Get notified when these episodes come out. Uh, Comments. Yeah, comment on... Uh, <laughs> Apple Podcast on Google Play. Supposedly you can do that. We don't know how, but uh, you can. And anything y'all give us, we, we're going to try and read on the podcast. So if you go to my window and shout out, Whole Church Podcast is kind of cool. I'll be like, uh, an anonymous source told us that we're kind of cool. I- I'll read it, man. I- I'll tell people what you said. We want as much feedback as possible. You guys suck. Yeah, if you think we suck, please tell us why Aaron, so we can fix Aaron it. Aaron Hardy uh, thinks we suck. And uh, hopefully she'll tell us how so that we can fix that. We want to be the best thing that we can be. So any negative feedback is great because it helps us correct it. It helps us be a better image of God. You know, we're doing God's work. We want to reflect that to the best of our abilities. And future guests? A future guest is uh, Lance Skipper. Chris Galloway. Yeah. Um, I believe I convinced Brother McLaughlin. Yeah. Uh, Donald Whitney. At the end of the summer, which I, I'm really excited about. We're about to have uh, Dr. Nathan Finn. I'm really from excited about him from North Greenville University. And of course, Francis Chan. At the end of this season. And uh, he just doesn't know it yet. But uh, that's fine. Thank you guys for listening.